I am not a bounty hunter. I've heard otherwise. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, This podcast is sponsored by LiveTrashMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the book of Boba Fett. I'm going to be a lot more loosey-goose with my review because uh, I'm not as big of a... I don't want to say as big of a nerd. I'm just not as big of a a fanboy that is into the lore of Star Wars. So basically my knowledge of Star Wars is through the main movies that have hit theatricals uh hit the hit hit the screens. Um but other than the Mandalorian, I really don't know too much about, you know, the Clone Wars and these uh comic books that may or may not pertain to the story. So I'm really going to brush over some of the more detailed, uh, minute things that you might find in most podcasts. Um, but I do, you know, try to understand, oh, they're the Gaborian guards or, oh, there's Jabba's family or something like that. You know, I, I try to understand it from that, that angle, but just from a purely enjoyment standard of, did I, did I enjoy the television show? Um, well, the Book of Boba Fett, let's kind of uh, break it down just a little bit. The Book of Boba Fett is an American space western television series created by John Favreau for the Disney streaming service Disney+. Plus. It is uh, part of the Star Wars franchise taking place after the events of Return of the Jedi, uh, the movie that was released in 1983. It is a spinoff of the series The Mandalorian. That features the crime lord and bounty hunter Boba Fett from the series and other Star Wars media. The Book of Boba Fett exists alongside The Mandalorian and its spinoff Ahsoka. And again, some of these names, I know the names by listening to them, not by reading them. So uh, I might pronounce some things wrong. So just kind of like as if I was pronouncing a, a a television shows cast in another country or something like that. I might mess some of these up as well. So, uh, we have Tamora Morrison stars as the title character and Ming-Na Wen. And, uh, I'm not sure if, if I want to, uh, spoil anybody else that's in this set, but those are the two main leads. Um, I didn't know who Ming-Na Wen was for the longest time. I must've been living under a rock, but this, uh, on top of being the voice of, uh, I believe she voiced Mulan, but um, let me see what else she's done. Okay, so she's provided the title voice for the animated film, the 1998 Mulan film, and the direct-to-sequel, direct-to-video sequel, Mulan 2. A lot of video game uh, voice work. Um, she's <clears throat> she's voiced Aki Ross in the computer-animated Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, and... Uh, She's done a variety of other work. Um, I really like her her on-screen presence in this just as much as Tumor Morrison. I actually have not seen too much of his work outside of 
um, Star Wars, but um, let me see if I can find it real quick. So he's been doing, he's been in films since early seven, uh, the early 1970s. Um, see if there's anything that I recognize. So he was on the, I've heard of Grass Cutter, but I've never seen it. Um, he was in that. Let me see if there's anything else. The Island of Dr. Moreau. I've heard how horrendous that is, but I don't know exactly um, how bad. But I know y'all didn't come to hear the entire thing. But uh, Tamora Morrison was in Speed 2 Cruise Control. Okay. Um, I'm aware of... Uh, actually, I do remember seeing that. Now I don't think about it. Um, from Dust Till Dawn 3. Star Wars Episode 2 is looks like the biggest movie they had hit since then. Um, Attack of the Clones. I remember seeing that in theaters, 2002. I was like, what did I even watch? I was That was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters, I believe, because I was too young for the first one, uh, episode one. And then he came back for Star Wars, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Yeah, he's had some... He's had some big... Uh, big name title films that he's been in, such as uh, all the ones I just listed, but as well as Green Lantern as well. Um, let me see if there's anything else. But that's that's about all I've seen right now. Oh, he was in Moana as well. So yeah, he, Aquaman. Like he's kind of just been on screen on some of these major films that you've probably had no idea he was in he might have even been out of focus or in a wide shot or something like that but he's been in a lot of stuff um and television as well let me see what i, I know he has like a interesting ethnicity about him he is uh tomorrow Derek morrison is a new zealand actor voice actor and singer oh singer that would have been kind of cool to see him sing um who gained recognition for his Role as Dr. Han Ropa on the soap opera Shortland Street. Huh. Well, um, let me see if there's anything else. Da, 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 da. So, um, let's hop back to Boba Fett. I have a lot of things to say about Boba Fett, but I'm going to try to condense it as much as possible. I don't really want to be sitting here all day telling you, Bubba Dubba Dubba, episode one, two, three, don't forget the spoiler. Okay, all that stuff. Don't, no, I'm not doing that. Um, We're going to just kind of break it down, pros and cons, um, you know, non-spoiler real quick, and then jump into the spoilers, and just talk about really brief stuff. Um, So, starting off... um. The biggest word that's going to probably come come out of my mouth is inconsistent. Um, tonally inconsistent, visually inconsistent. Um, now, I know this was probably shot during the pandemic time. Let me see if there's... Let's see if I can find anything about the start. Okay, so the background... The background of this is kind of interesting. A lot of people didn't understand if this was a product of The Mandalorian, um, given that I, I would have assumed you would have seen Season 1, Season 2 of Mandalorian, but this character, Boba Fett, makes an appearance at the very end of uh, 
the Boba Fett uh, at the end of season two of Mandalorian. So this very much feels like it should just continue on as the quote unquote Mandalorian season three show. A lot of people are going to say, why wasn't this just titled Mandalorian season three? Um, let me see if I can see if there's anything that. Um, so it's been talked about to have a Boba Fett movie or series standalone films for all, since at least 2013 it's Josh Trank was announced to do it at one point and then they dropped it and and a couple other things have happened since then um since the failure or not really failure but not really the it says financial failure on wiki wikipedia of solo that they kind of restructured how many how many films they were going to put out um and so yeah, even by 2018, they said the Boba Fett film was no longer moving forward. So this has kind of been in the works, or they've been talking about this for a long time. So um, what's weird is the first few episodes, without getting into any spoilers, um, they just feel tonally weird. They uh, The pacing's a little bit funky. The aesthetic of the new characters they bring in, they have these new character, new hip young characters called mods. Um, it's basically these young, young bucks that are in their mid twenties that are riding these Vespas. Um, um, they they went viral for how weird they they looked, of like these nineteen fifties aesthetic, and they are they look like Matrix punked out with cheap spy kids gear or something like that and so it's hard not to bring the spy kids of it all and granted i really like some spy kids but robert rodriguez is responsible for directing at least three or four of the episodes and including the last one and i will say despite my my criticisms of the show the um Despite my criticisms of the show, the final episode, I think, generally lands pretty satisfactory. It's just kind of unsurprising and kind of predictable in a way. Um, so, I think visually, it's a hit or miss kind of thing. Sometimes they look like they're on a set. Other times, it doesn't feel like the world's populated or they're just revisiting the same sets all over and over. Um but the charisma of the main characters, I'm going to kind of dilly-dally between the pros and the cons, so it kind of balances it out. So I wasn't crazy about the aesthetic all the time, but there, when, when, the, when the special effects were kicking, they were kicking. I, they do some things in this series I've never seen done to this degree um, ever. They... Um, I don't want want to give give away what they do in the non-spoiler section, but they do things in this series despite, like I said, despite my criticisms, they must have put all the money towards these special effects because this what is what feels what happens, or sorry, it, it feels what happens feels natural. Um, so yeah, so tonally it feels inconsistent. The pacing is a little bit wonky. It is kind of predictable, and um. By the end, the last the the best episodes, in my opinion, are the probably the last three. And without going into detail, everyone that has seen it will know it's like, well, 
we can tell you why you like the last three episodes because <laughs> they basically give us exactly what we wanted at the end of uh, the Mandalorian. Um, and so, um, with you know, with all that on the table, let's um, let's hop into spoilers and. We'll continue on with this review. Um, I don't normally give like star ratings or anything for the television shows. I just say you know watch it or don't. Um, but I, I don't even say that. I just kind of give like a general whatever, whatever. Whatever. I'm smumbling now. But anyways, um, yeah, they do things in this um, television show that will absolutely blow your mind from a special effects standpoint. Um, the cast, I think, is the main cast is pretty good. I know the mods got are, are gonna get a lot of bashing um, just from the aesthetic. They just feel like they're from a different movie, as well as the music. I heard that my my boy. What have they done to my boy? Um, okay, so it says Ludwig Gordson um, was the theme music composer let me see i don't think he did all the music throughout the whole series though that was that was the interesting thing um so let me see if there's anything else no, da, 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 da. okay so i did i did find some filming stuff filming for the series began late november 2020 so by that point the pandemic had been going since March, officially March 2020, so at least in the U.S., so that's like six, seven months in. I just felt like this felt like a COVID production. Everyone felt super spaced out. They went to the same locations. It, it, what it told me is that they shot a lot of this all on the same day or something like that. And I understand that COVID protocol has made things a lot more difficult, difficult but... Um, I've seen really good television. First of all, I thought Mandalorian, I don't want to feel just like I'm a, a Star Wars bashing or Disney bashing, but, um, expectations were kind of high or, or moderately high after the Mandalorian because we had two great seasons and then we get this new character that comes in that says he's a, a badass and he's, these, uh, two characters, uh, of color are coming in playing these, awesome interesting characters so i think i said two characters are coming in two two actors of color are coming in um mina win and tomorrow morrison are coming in playing these characters and um i think that with a better script and honestly just more camera work i felt like it was like a a b a b a b just like what are they saying? All right, here's exposition. What do you need? Here's exposition. Go over here. Go to the bar. You know, it just felt like go over here, talk to this person, do this thing, go shoot this person, then go over here. It, it's not quite as ga gaming formulaic type uh, like The Mandalorian was in a way, but not in a. I didn't think that that was like a negative for The Mandalorian. He's more just like trying to upgrade his armor. The majority of this. And just get better stuff and, I guess, you know, help Grogu out. Um, and, you know, help do these little side missions on the way. 
So having Boba Fett, you don't want exactly that same type of storyline. But with this, we're getting like a very choppy timeline and alongside. All right. So let, let me just say we're going to talk about spoilers at this point. Um, we're getting a very choppy timeline through the series. And so just talking about the Rodriguez of it all, there is there is decent action, I'd say, on every other episode he shoots. Um, it For me, it just felt... I don't know if he was bunted or by Disney saying, "Oh, we can't, we can't see this impact. We can't do this. We can't do that." It felt like the majority of his episodes were oddly PG with the humor and just how they were treated. Um, felt like it was very family friendly, and you can have family friendly and still make it, you know, a little bit heavy. But I didn't feel like tonally those episodes made a lot of sense for me. And those were the majority of the first few episodes. Um, as well as the, yeah, as, as well as the, um, second episode I think was pretty good because it was more or less, I think what, what people have said is like dancing with wolves. He's kind of doing the, um, I know that they're going to say it's derogatory. The Tuscan Raiders. I don't know what the people are like. Tuscan Raiders is bad, but don't call them sand people. It's like, I, I, okay, so I don't, what are we calling them now? Um, so I might slip up and say one or the other, but the Tuscan Raiders, um, they become humanized for like one episode and kind of get stepped on and left on by the end of the season. And I just don't feel like, there's a through line. What what this show feels like is that they started it up and stopped like after the first two episodes. Came back and they're like, "What were, what were we doing those first couple episodes?" Oh yeah, okay. Well, let's just let's just tack on this and then we'll do uh we'll, we'll just give the people what they want. And actually I said the first two episodes. I think it's around episode 4 that it starts actually turning into something that I really enjoyed. Um where did Bryce Dallas Howard come in? Okay, so it's episode. So it's episode five, six, and seven are the, my favorite episodes. The way they start with Bryce Dallas Howard directing, and this is like I said, I would have expected you to have seen the end of season two of uh, Mandalorian, but basically they say fuck it. I think they watched the first four chapters of Boba Fett and said this is not working and all of a sudden they decided we need to give the people what they want and they just grabbed the Mandalorian season three and tacked it on to the middle of Boba Fett the book of Boba Fett they straight up have chapter five as the return of the Mandalorian and so I gotta say the Return of the Mandalorian is absolutely badass. I'm just like, where was this fucking action the whole time? The direction, the the style, the music, the the flair, the a little bit more subtlety. I just felt like it's it was so bright the entire time wherever we were at, which just told me I felt like we were on a, a set or something. Because um, I, I, I guarantee you they're not out in the middle of the desert doing all this. But um, I, I think they got like, 
special places in uh, headquarters in Atlanta, to my knowledge, at least for Marvel. I'm not sure if D- Disney does that for other, if they did that for them there, but um, where it was shot. But anyways, um, yeah, I was like, this just feels so much more better directed. It feels a little bit more adult. I mean, we see a dude basically get sliced in half by the Mandalorian using uh, the dark saber or something like that and how heavy it is. And a whole bunch of shit happens with him throughout this this uh, couple episodes that he is he's in in this last last few, and I've, I you can probably hear it in my voice how I'm so much more just energized to talk about the Mandalorian because Boba Fett I mean he's in in the modern time he's just in the back to tank, uh, and he's just having these flash flashbacks um, about his father Django I believe and. Uh, the war and just traumatizing shit that's haunting him and it's it's him kind of trying to run the spice runs and trying to uh hold down i believe it's is it mose isley did mose espa sorry um hold down mose espa and you only really visit like one or two places and you don't really get a feel for the place and it's it's kind of this Man, I know it's one of the probably Clint Eastwood uh, movies of, you know, the man walks in the town and rules the town and has to hold it down and protect it from the outsiders or something like that. Um, I think, like, the Three three Amigos kind of have that kind of plot line. Um, but that's a comedy. So, anyways, the real interesting stuff does not happen, in my opinion, for for what is it chapter five and mostly because the storytelling is so much it it just feels like it's there's no um internal struggle i guess might be the one of the words i would try to say for the boba fett story between episodes one through four and thus having the return of the Mandalorian in episode five, it is like a breath of fresh air, but it also, it it steps on all of the previous episodes of Boba Fett because they have no tie to the other one at all. Um, And I don't, it's kind of a weird, weird thing because it's like, it's so much more interesting, but like we're completely canceling out the original first four episodes and to the extent of this brings back the Mandalorian, it brings back the little green guy, Grogu. Of course they bring back Grogu. If I was an executive producer and I was watching the first four episodes come together, I'd say, all right, we need to bring in Mando. And they brought him in so much more. They were like, more. And they said, we need to bring back the merchandise, ships, boom. And then uh, we need to bring back the Ludwig Gorson uh, dank-ass music, bam. And I was just like, this, it's like giving you everything you asked for. It's almost like overkill. And, you, you know, we need a cool action scene, done. Um, and, you know, uh, some weird thing happens in the middle where Mando's revealed that he's 
taken off his helmet, so he's no longer a Mandalorian anymore. But that that it's kind of unimportant at this point right now. Um, but anyways, doesn't really affect him. He still gets to keep the dark saber. Um, he's got to learn to use the force. So, anyways, it's just like kind of crazy the the way that it it it, it rolls. For me, it felt like someone did watch those first four episodes and said, this is dragging, it's not to the level of Mandalorian. If I was Kevin Feige, I would do this, that, and the other. Um, interweave it with something a little bit more interesting. Um, I just, the, it felt like we were wasting a little bit of time on more minute scenes or they were required to go for at least 40 minutes and some of the 40 minute run times just didn't even make sense for what was happening or or uh, putting them in situations that that ultimately didn't feel like they panned out to be that big of a deal ultimately or they could have just rewired the first few episodes to have mando a little bit more integral to the plot it just it, 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 i know some people have a problem with bringing grogu back too but not only did they bring back our 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 man Mando, um, but they brought back Grogu. So if they brought back Gogu, uh, Grogu, then obviously they got to bring back Luke Skywalker. Which on top of that, you're like, oh my Lanta, Luke Skywalker. Like everybody remembers at the end of season two, and that craziness. So, um. That was one of the, the freshest action scenes, but we also remember that he kind of showed up. His face was it, what I would remember now as what people would might call like a Snapchat filtered or a deep faked, um, you know, recreation of Luke Sky, uh, Luke Skywalker, and I thought it was done pretty well. Um, some people thought it was a little bit too digitally. This was what I'm talking about is the season two um, into that reveal. Um, but when we're revealed to the recreation of Luke Skywalker in this, uh, this episode, this is kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of the, uh, review. It is remarkable. And I don't mean, I don't mean that like a pun, but like they literally bring back young Mark Hamill and I know the voice is probably something some people have a small quibble with. I thought the voice was excellent, but apparently he Mark Hamill gets paid, I guess, for his likeness to be shown on this. But they used old recorded footage of his voice from back in the day. Audio, I believe, and, and from uh, the movies as well. So... Because his voice doesn't sound like that now, obviously, because he's a much older man. I think it just naturally gets deeper and raspier. But, um, yeah, I just, I was blown away. I, they, they have him do things. He's, I know that they cover his face and most of the times so he's like flipping over rocks and stuff like that. But, um, he does just awesome things. Just re, just recreating this character, having the theme, the the sounds we get of course we get r2 i i just felt like i w if i was watching this as an investor or an executive producer 
I'd be like, yeah, we need to give them the Mando. We need to give them the Grogu. We need to give them the Skywalker. We need to give them the R2. We need to give them the, uh, all the nostalgia we can possibly gather. And I'm with that! <laughs> and then it's, uh, it's just like an overload. And then on top of that, you get, like, Ahsoka showing up just, howdy! You know, she almost busts in like Kramer on Seinfeld. And <laughs> just, like... Always eat your vegetables, kids, and then like walks out. Um, just he's like, don't forget to, to subscribe to Disney Plus again next year because, or it might be later this year that you know the Ahsoka series coming out. So, um, yeah, I was uh, like, what, what is going on? It was so much nostalgia, it was the overload. But anyways, um. They end up reuniting Mando and Grogu, and like I said, we're sitting here talking about Mando and Grogu and Skywalker, and it's like, wasn't this the Boba series, the book, the book of Boba Fett? Did did I change the book? Did did I grab the wrong book, or did I, you know, did someone rip out the pages? What the hell's going on? So I don't, I I really don't know. But you spend the majority of the time uh, away from all of the characters you're hanging out with for the first four episodes and we're focusing on like Cobb Vanth. Oh yeah, gotta bring back Cobb Vanth. Although I, I can't be I can't be wrong uh in saying that he is he's just like a lifelong sheriff. Uh Timothy Oliphant, aka sheriff in every single I, I think he's been a sheriff like at least ten times. He's like you know the the Mexican actor, I think the Mexican actor, Hector, I think he's Mexican, maybe he's not, I don't know, but anyway, his name's Hector, and he plays Hector in all of the movies he's in. Cobb Vanth is kind of like a sheriff, and he plays a sheriff, or sorry, Cobb Vanth, Timothy Oliphant is like a sheriff in everything he's in. <laughs> he's like the Hector of sheriffs. Um. So, yeah, I, like I said, I'm not going to really touch too much on the individual episodes y'all if you watched it you you basically know what happened you know the, the first four episodes focus on boba fett him gaining trying to hold control of mozespa the pikes are trying to run spice and he's telling that ain't happening not up in here he's almost killed by the the hut twins and uh there's some wonky action scenes with the the mods and the the mayor I don't think the comedy really works in this season until maybe the last couple episodes again. I don't know what was going on with the writing. And I'm seeing John Favreau was the writer on all of these, so I don't know why it just feels... I would, the, the camera work for me in the first couple episodes just felt very stagnant. I don't know why it didn't feel like they were even moving at all. Like, they, they were just testing out how to do these episodes as if they weren't it was the first time shooting during covid but i just felt like they wouldn't get in there and show like any emotion it was always just a wide shot of the uh mostly of the place the the places they were in never could really get like any uh shallow depth of field or anything like that some that would really create some emotion or um aesthetic They're like, you know this is Star Wars, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do know this is Star Wars. But uh, I just felt like it's been shot so much better. Even 
lesser movies that I didn't like as much, such as I know this is going to be triggering for some people. I I don't think the uh, Last Jedi was particularly the best story, but I think from a visual standpoint, it just has like uh, it just has cinematography that really pops and stands out, and so. Yeah, the last episode, everyone knows what happens. This massive, re- almost feels like the same sort of type of battle that had happened at the end of season two of Mandalorian, um, in this like showdown in this town, basically against like the city turns against them. Random people, random uh, people just attacking them. These uh, what is it? I'm trying to figure out what those things uh, that that were going after Chrysant and the black um, Wookie, the those fish-looking guys. They all attack him, and somehow he still gets out. Um, Ming Na Wen is doing her own thing. She ends up going to kill the the mayor, or the Pike Syndicate, and everybody in their own place, all in like five seconds, which feels like it could have avoided all of this, and. Um, Oh, this new guy that comes in. I forgot. Um, kind of forgot his name. Uh, um, this was the guy, the fishy guy that I, I can't remember his name. Everyone's like, oh my god, it's, it's the guy from the Clone War thing. Um, I don't see where... Did he die in Chapter 6 or 20? Anyways, the... um. I don't understand though. Cad Bane. All right, yeah. Sorry, I'd rather there be two seconds of awkward silence for me to figure that out. Okay, so yeah, Cad Bane. Apparently, this dude's voice. I don't know who the hell voiced this guy, but um, I was I was pretty blown away by the voice acting just alone. I was like, God dang, this dude's on. Um, oh, I, th- I see it right here. Hold on. Wow, why doesn't it say it? Corey Burton reprises his role in the voice of Cad Bane from the animated Clone Wars series in The Bad Batch. Okay, so... Yeah, sorry, I wanted to figure out who the heck that was. And he was a badass, because he was Quick Draw McGraw. Um, So... Like I said, this has got some of the best special effects that I've seen in a very long time. Uh, But it also has some of the weirdest aesthetics. Tonally, it's mismatched. The action sometimes is is intriguing, but not compelling. And other times, it just looks like playtime. Other than that, the last episode, the reuniting of... uh, I guess we have Pelimoto in there, and then... She introduced, she gives Grogu back to Mando, and now they're all back together. It was just all foreseen when he's doing this uh, Fast and the Furious recreation of you got to build the machine, got to build the 10-second ship. And they have a little spot in the back. They have a little bubble for Grogu that's obviously, obviously going to have him come back. So when they show Luke Skywalker giving Grogu this ridiculous... Uh, option of you can either be a star wars so you can either be a jedi or you can be uh 
a Mando loving son of a bitch and you can go see him and love him instead. <laughs> and so he's just like so angry. And so uh, it's it's funny like Grogu seeing this uh this lightsaber, the damn lightsaber is half his size. So he like chop his head off on accident. I don't know. I don't know. You do see him training and stuff, so it's hard to tell exactly how much he's retaining. Um but anyways, they do have to fork him in, Grogu. Uh, they fork Grogu in, um, and he basically saves Mando's life again at the end of this uh, season and ends up falling asleep next to the Rancor. And he ends up destroying the uh, robots, too, that they can't get through the force field. And... It's just like Grogu basically saves the day, and he saves the series, and he saves the Book of Boba Fett. So it's like, it all comes back to Grogu. Um, I know I sound a little bit cynical about it, but it just sounds kind of like a cop-out a little bit. Um, the more I think about it, a lot of people had said we had, we had wished it had been a little bit longer till we saw Grogu. I wouldn't have minded, minded, I wouldn't have mind if the series went through went through this but without Grogu and then we get the Luke Skywalker training montage at the end of the series just kind of maybe reorder it a little bit and then send him back with Mando because it does feel a little bit like a cop-out to have uh, Grogu come save the day a little bit um, but that's just me I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to talk about uh, the Pelimoto flying out of the cart uh, that her robot was was driving and um, Grogu flying out with Mando and Mando makes absolutely zero attempt to save Pelimoto um, and goes all for Grogu. It is hilarious, that thump. Oh my gosh, that was fucking hilarious. Uh, so there's several times towards the last few episodes I was actually kind of having fun and laughing Um I know some people said the mayor drove some people nuts. I I don't remember that actor, but he I thought his comedic timing worked better at the end of this uh series as well. I'm trying to think of the Oh, the Gamorian guards that got like shivved right off the uh ledge. That was so fucking funny. I, I it's like these little pigs are like, "Wee!" It's like they're falling off the damn uh they're squealing off the damn ledge. Oh, fuck. <laughs> couldn't help but fucking laugh oh my gosh so um yeah i'm trying to think of anything else obviously cobb vanth is not dead he's too good of an actor he's uh timothy oliphant held i think that a lot of people had said they wish they saw a timothy oliphant cobb vanth series um i don't think that's a bad idea i'm just kind of i'm so done with being on this desert planet it just felt like we, it felt like we were watching Old Man Mando or something like that for a long time. It just wasn't that interesting. And then when Young Mando came on, it, it really got, like, lively again. So, um, yeah, and then there's this Rancor that just feels, uh, with the Danny Trejo stuff that comes up, it's just like, all right, this, Rodriguez always has to, you know, pull that, pull that pocket pocketbook out and say, all right, here, we got to bring him to. Um, but let, let me see what else. Um, okay, so yeah, and Cobb Vanth is being healed by the mod artist who, I, what was his name, Black? Um, 
Let me see. Do, 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 do. The mod. Thundercat. Sorry, I. I, I oh. I, sorry, I I thought his name was, uh, Black Cat. Um, it's Steven Thundercat Bruner as the mod artist, and I think they probably used his music during his montage, which, not to say that that didn't work for its own montage, but it definitely felt way more of like a Matrixy style. Um, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, I think that's about it. Oh, and like I said, Ming-Na Wen just finishes up the the battle just all in like two seconds and it's hilariously done um let me see if there's anything else i think that's about it we did have some pretty interesting cameos steven root danny trejo thundercat um emily swallow i don't know who this is i wanted to see her face because she's the Armor of the Mandalorian. Let me see. Pelimotos, Amy Sedaris, Rosario Dawson, Corey Burton, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Let me see. Oh, the Trandoshans? Was that what attacked the uh, Black Crescentin character? I don't know. So, uh, oh, and Phil Lamar. Like a nice Phil Lamar performance. Um... Anything else? I think that's about it. I I don't have too much more to say. I kind of wanted to just kind of get it all out, you know? Didn't really know what... Didn't have notes like I normally do, so kind of was all over the place. And, um, yeah. It, basically, Boba is put to the side by the end of this uh, season. He, I mean, he gets some cool stuff to do with riding the Rancor, kind of doing... Uh, taming it while it's fighting and then it, the rancor ends up going crazy but that's beside the point uh boba and mando have a cool like dual battle where they get to use all their damn weapons and stuff like that and they finally use the jetpack which they should have been using all the whole damn time uh i just felt like there was a, a lot of missed opportunities that they could have been doing at the beginning of this season to kind of incorporate this this interpreted ending um, I did not dislike the mods by the end of the season, um, just because the, the usage didn't didn't seem uh, too up up front. I think that in another sequence they would have been like, all right, they need to be the reason how they win or something like that. It's like Grogu actually is going to be that move over because these these guys aren't going to be selling any toys. Um, so. You know, they, the mods feel like the one episode on Stranger Things when they had uh, decided to try to introduce these other people of with superpowers or something like that. I think that was season three or something like that. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of my feelings on the Book of Boba Fett. It essentially is four episodes of Boba. Boba pushed to the side with the exception of some action scenes at the end. And... Uh, then the last couple episodes are basically Mandalorian uh, season three. Um, so I'm curious, like, what we're gonna get after all this is said and done. So um, let me know what you thought about the book of Boba Fett. Blah, 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 the book of Boba Fett. It's kind of hard to say. 
um, season one, I guess. I, I would be surprised if they're going to do more of these. Um, I think a lot of people... The the main problem, in my opinion, with this is just the the naming of the Book of Boba Fett. When you hear the Book of Boba Fett, it sounds like, all right, we're going to hear about this guy for seven episodes, or at least six episodes, or at least five episodes. And it's really four episodes. Of, and so that just doesn't, it's like barely half of it is about this character. It just feels like they either didn't know what to do with them, didn't have enough writing, they it wasn't selling the producers or something. Something happened in the writing stage that I I really doubt that they would diverge from the main uh, storyline that hard to bring in Mandalorian to make it really work. Because I think you could have written this this battle at the end to really... Actually, you it'd be easy to exclude Mandalorian. It would be easy to exclude. I think it'd be easy to exclude Grogu. Just give them another way to dis- disable the the robots. Um, just give the main characters more, you know, the the right tasks to do. Um, I just felt like they they were like, all right, we need to bring in the toys. So that that's what they ended up doing. So I, I, like, and I like I said, I like the. I like the things that were brought in. I just feel like it was a hell of a mismatch for what was going on at the beginning of this. So, um, it'd be interesting to see what what continues on. Um, and, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Watching Let it out podcast. Let me know what you thought about the book of Boba Fett. Season 1. Let me he know how fed you to his menagerie. And, dig it ease. Please, speak freely.